Welcome to the Gateways Beyond International Podcast, featuring inspirational teaching from our ministry bases in the nations. For more information, please visit us online at gatewaysbeyond.org. As we look at scriptures from the very beginning, uh, you know, God intended for his people who are representing him on the earth to be identified by his presence. And when I say pr- his presence, it's not just an ethereal you know, thought or just an idea, an ideology, or just, you know, it's the presence of the Lord. We know, we love it. It's not just an internal faith. I, I believe in it. I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't you know, I have an experience. It's meant to be tangible. It's meant to be manifest in our lives. The manifest presence of God is what he has given to his church, his body, his people on the earth from the very beginning. When he called Israel, the Hebrews, out of Egypt, he called them to the, he gave them promise to the promise, you know, to walk and journey to the promised land. But here's how he led them. He could have given them directions this way, physically given them directions. Or giving them promises to go alone. Here my promises go. Look at all the wonders I've done for you. Now go. He didn't leave them in that way. He revealed miracles to them. Signs and wonders all along the way. But here's how they went. With a physical cloud that would lead them. That would go before them. Physical manifestation of something that they would look. And this is how we're going. He's given us a promise. But today we're following his presence. Perhaps there was somebody in, within the Hebrews, within the Israelites, that knew a shortcut to get to the promised land. Perhaps there were people that said, hey, I have a better way. This is, I know, where, I know what, where that land is with flowing with milk and honey. This is the way to go. But the cloud is moving this way. Which way are you going to go? Are we going to take the easy way out? And the way we know how to do church or how to live, or are we going to have faith to follow the the presence of God in our lives? And by night, this cloud that was by day, pillar of cloud by day, would change position, change format, change its own revelation. And when the, when the army began to chase after them at night, this cloud would reposition itself with an angel would move behind them. And this cloud would follow and, and set up camp behind the nation in between the Egyptian army and the people of God. The presence of God, when it's manifest, it's purposeful for our lives. It has purpose to lead us. It has purpose to protect us. It is everything that we need for life. Thank you, Lord. We just need to have the faith to follow the presence of the Lord and to say, as for me and my house, we are after the presence of God. As for me and my church, we are after the presence of the Lord. And begin to manifest in our lives, individually, family after family. Thank you, Lord. And then when Moses would establish camp, he would enter the place of the tent of meeting, the place where God would meet with Moses. And when he would meet with Moses, the cloud would again appear in front of the tent and every man would come outside his tent 
and observe and watch this encounter that Moses was having and witness the cloud of his presence and the cloud of meeting. This is how God has called us to be. In Exodus 33, 11, this is what it says. And Moses would meet with God, and God would meet with Moses face to face. And after that time of meeting, Moses would return to the camp because he had responsibilities as a leader. But this, this is what it says in Exodus 33, 11. But Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Moses, remained in the tent. He was... He was the apprentice. He was interning under Moses in those years. He should have followed Moses outside of the tent of meeting and walk with Moses to what he was going to do. But Joshua encountered something in the presence of the Lord. He says, this is what I'm living for. When Moses left, Joshua remained in the tent of meeting. Guess who entered the promised land at the end? It was this defining moment of the season of his life being saturated and pursuing and valuing the presence of the Lord that ended up defining the destiny of where he would go. Come on. The presence of the Lord today will be where we're going to end up. Thank you, God. He will lead us into all that is ahead for us. We don't need to plan it. We don't need to scheme it. We don't need to have five-year plan, 10-year plan. Those things are good to steward in that with the things that he's given us. But our hope and faith and trust is pursuing the manifest presence of God today as a community. Thank you, Lord. And then God began to establish. He's calling these people now as, as, as his people. Defining them as people who would follow, represent God on the earth. They would be, as a people, the manifestation of God on the earth. Representing God on the earth. And then he gave them laws. Moral laws, cultural laws, social laws. Way to live, a way to distinguish themselves from other people so that they could be representatives of God on the earth. He gave them laws, hundreds of laws to follow. You know what the purpose of all of those laws were? It's not that they would be busy in doing the law, but these laws would help them redirect their lives day after day because in the center of their camp was the tent of meeting. The center of their camp was the manifest presence of God. All of their doings, all of their laws, all of their pursuing the things that God has given them for daily life was meant to redirect them to the centrality of the presence of God. If we, in all of the doings as a church, as a body of Christ, being faithful and stewarding and cultivating everything he's given to us as a body, if we continue faithfully in that, but also be central to the presence of God, we will fulfill his purposes through our lives. And that centrality of the presence of God, it was not just central, it became of the utmost priority for them. Because when the manifest presence showed up, everyone left their doing, left what they were engaged with and came and witnessed the encounter that was happening. This is how we're called to be. All that God has given us is to be focused in pursuing the presence of the Lord. And with this experience is when Moses again meets with God on the mountain. Having had experience, having known the power of the presence of God, even to overthrow an entire army, God is now giving him instruction. Moses, this is how I want you to continue leading the people. And at this point, Moses says this famous statement. 
He has seen the power of God. He has seen what God can do. He knows how to lead the people forward. He knows where they're going. He has the direction. He's hearing the, the, the voice of God. He's seeing God manifest in front of him. And in that moment, he says, that should have been enough for him. He's like, I got it, God. I'm going to go. Got it. Done. But he says, if your presence doesn't go with me, don't leave me out of here. Come on. So many people have established whole ministries based on one word they've received. But here's Moses encountering God. The glory of God. But in that moment, he says, I hear everything you're saying. But if you don't go with me, if your presence doesn't go with me, don't leave me out of here. Come on. It's everything that we're called to be. Years later, into the New Testament now, the beginning of the New Testament church era, the name, the second, the, the second covenant announcement is coming to Zacharias. And an angel appears to Zacharias and says, Zacharias, he's talking about his son who will be the forerunner to Jesus. He's talking about John the, John the Baptist to Zacharias, the promise of God that will come to him and Elizabeth. And the angel appears to him and says, Zacharias, gives him the good news. And Zacharias says, that's good. It sounds great. Now, how, will I, how should I believe that you are from God? You are the messenger. How should I have confidence in all of these things that you're saying? How do I not, you know, maybe you're not an angel. How do I know? What is your credibility with the message that you're carrying? You know what Gabriel answered Zacharias? He said, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. That's all he answered him. The angel's greatest credit. He lives in that space day in, day out, in the presence of the Lord. And that's all he needed to communicate to Zacharias. All you need to know, Zacharias is that I stand in the presence of God. Come on. If your friends ask you, where are you going as a church? All you need to say is, we are in the presence of God. We're standing, we're living, following the presence of God. That has to be our greatest credibility. As a husband, Well, my wife asked me, honey, what are we, what's, our, what's, what's happening three months down, six months from now? What, what are we doing a year? I said, I don't know, honey. I don't know how things are going to develop, how things are going to open up, how things are going to, you know, play itself out. But I know one thing. We're following the Lord right now. This is my, as a husband, this is my greatest confidence. I have this confidence that I'm following his presence right now in our lives. I can't give you strategy for three months or six months. But I can give you this confidence today. Follow me because I'm following him. <sighs> Just like Gabriel, that has to be every man's confidence here. Every woman's confidence here. I don't know what my future is, but today my confidence is I'm following him. If I'm following him now, if his presence is continually manifest in my life, I do not need to worry about tomorrow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis 28. 
In Genesis 28, this is a story where Jacob is running from Esau. And we know the story of Jacob and you know, all the things that, that transpired between him and his brother. And he's running from, from Esau and he comes to this place. He's tired from running, he's tired from travel. Hundreds of kilometers away, if you look at the map of how he journeyed, how he ran from his brother Esau. He comes to a place, end of the day, and here's what it says. Genesis 28, verse um, 11. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. Verse 12. Then he dreamed and behold a ladder was set up on the earth and its top reached to heaven and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And it goes on. Then Jacob woke up from his sleep and said, he encountered the Lord. God began to speak to him in his dream. The manifest presence of God began to encounter Jacob while he was sleeping. And there angels began to ascend and descend. And God began to speak the future. The promise that was given to Abraham, Isaac, now is coming upon Jacob. God is manifesting his presence and speaking destiny, speaking his future to him in a dream. And in the dream, the first scene before God speaks is angels ascending and descending. Then God speaks his promise to him. When he wakes up from this dream encounter, this is what Jacob says. Surely God is in this place. And I did not know it. How awesome is this place? And then he began, I need to respond to this encounter. What was natural, what was normal to him. I don't know why he put, maybe it's normal for them in that day to sleep with, with a stone as a pillow. It just doesn't describe it, but it does mention it. So it must be important. I don't know why. But what was normal for him when God encountered him, it became an altar because he took that pillow, erected it right in front of him and poured oil over it and said, surely God is in this place. You see, we can do things normal that's, that we know to do, but when God shows up, that moment, that place becomes an altar to Him. When God begins to meet us and begins to encounter us in our lives, those moments and those places become His altar, become a place of meeting for not just you, for many that will come after you. Thank you, Lord. As you pursue God, as a community, there are many that will come into this house longing for a touch of God. But guess what? When they come in, there are altars here in this house that have been built through your lives. We have this testimony recently in our church. A new family came to our church from another state. And the first couple of Sundays, they're new to our, new to our city. The first couple of Sundays they came in, there was a word of knowledge for like basic things like uh, a migraine or headache and, and he, the, the husband, he had a headache and he got healed. Second Sunday, you know, back pain or something like that and, and he had back pain and he got healed. So he responded to certain words of knowledge the first few Sundays. But he had this lifelong allergy to red onion, very severe. And that week they were out at a restaurant and they ordered something and some salad or something that they ordered had red onion in it. And he began to go into complete shock and he, he was choking and he, and he signaled to his wife to take him to the hospital. They, she didn't know which, where the hospital in Harrisburg was. This was on a, on a Monday. Monday's our day off at the church. 
And he said, take me to Life Center. I don't know, we don't know where the, where, the, where the hospital is. The only place that they know is the church. They drive up into the property. As they're driving up the hill that comes up to our parking lot, he gets instantly healed from, from this reaction to, to Red Onion. Not only does he get healed in that moment, he completely gets healed from any allergy to Red Onion, period. He's been suffering with this all his life. Come on. You see, our altar of meeting with God may be life and death for somebody else that is desperate for a touch of God. So it's not just for us. It's not just in this moment for us that we are experiencing him. But this is critical for everyone that's coming after us. Thank you, Lord. What if this altar here is the pool of healing, pool of deliverance, pool of salvation for your neighbors up the street? Come on. It's a setup if I ever saw one. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How awesome is this place? Jacob rose early in the morning, took the stone that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. We have to be purposeful in calling this place an altar of meeting with God. We have to be purposeful in defining who you are as a church. We are after the presence of the Lord, and our encounters become an altar for anybody who will enter this property. David asked to go after the Ark of the Covenant, not only because of its spiritual influence, not only because that the, the spiritual blessing was important for him, he knew the spiritual dynamic, but what he witnessed in Obed-Edom's house was it began to influence everything around him. Geographically, anything that touched and was associated with where the Ark of the Presence was, it began, began to produce fruit. You're here, set up geographically here. Your neighborhood is going to transform because of encounters here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. This is why he wanted the ark back. I see what it does all around. I want this. I want this back in our house. He called the name, Jacob called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of the city previously had been Luz. The people of Luz were called. You see, when you have an encounter with God and you honor that place, you honor the pursuit and you honor your encounter with him individually and corporately, you have the authority to change the identity of a whole city. Come on. He encountered God. When he went to sleep, he was in lose. But because of his encounter, he got up and said, this city from now on will be called the house of God. Come on. What kind of arrogance is that? This is a confidence of the presence of God. That when you, what you encounter has a power to change the identity of a whole city. Thank you, Lord. But this is what you have to do. I'll end with this. This is what you have to do. Allow the angels that were previously assigned to you. This is the word of the Lord for this church. Allow the angels that were previously assigned to this church to ascend. 
Allow the angels that were previously commissioned to your church. These are angels that brought the blessing, that carried the legacy. But in this moment, you have to encounter God and allow those angels to ascend because there are new angels waiting to be commissioned for this church. A new that will bring a new identity to this whole city. Don't hold on to the things which were good because that seems secure for you when God wants to release new angels with new commissions and new call, new destiny, new direction, new identity for you as a people and for the city. Come on. If it was an exchange, angels would have come down first and then it says angels ascended and then the angels descended. He was running from Esau that brought him to that place of encounter. Whatever thing you are moving away from, it is time now to redefine your movement. We're not only moving from something, now there are new angels assigned to us. This church, now we're moving towards something because new angels have been assigned with new commissioning for us. The story changes with this encounter. He was running from Esau. He has an encounter, releases the old angels, new angels were assigned to him. And now, here's what it says. As we read on in this chapter, the next scene of Jacob's life is he meets Rachel, his destiny, through whom would come tribes. Come on. The call of God on Abraham is being fulfilled through this one encounter where he honored the place of meeting. He honored the presence of the Lord. Even in his moving, running away from his brother, he came to that place of encounter. He honored it and he says, God, you are here. This is my focus now. My focus is not what I was engaged with with Esau. Now my focus is this. And we embrace the new angels. We embrace the new commissioning. We embrace the new name. We embrace the new identity. You have to because there's destiny. There's a whole movement, a whole tribe waiting for this community in your future. Thank you, Lord. Come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord.